Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I got another one. I just got another one. Another email from Donald Trump. I get so many emails from Donald Trump. I'm starting to think he knows me. You know, they're the uh, they're the uh, group emails sent out to a million people. The last couple of days, they've been or actually longer than that. They've been asking for contributions financially. So I'm thinking, he's a billionaire. I'm not. You're not getting my money. Donald J. Trump. If on the night of November the 8th, Donald Trump is handed the key to the White House and Oval Office by American voters, watch the potential impact on Canada and Canadians. In his Republican convention nominee for POTUS acceptance speech Thursday, Trump slammed NAFTA as the absolute worst trade deal the U.S. has ever agreed to. Have a listen. America has lost nearly one-third of its manufacturing jobs since 1997, following the enactment of disastrous trade deals supported by Bill and Hillary Clinton. Remember, it was Bill Clinton who signed NAFTA, one of the worst economic deals ever made by our country or, frankly, any other country. Never, ever again. So there's Donald Trump last Thursday as he accepted the nomination from the Republican Party for President of the United States. Absolutely the worst trade deal the U.S. has ever agreed to in NAFTA. And he made it abundantly clear that a Trump administration will be all about America first, and that includes trades with Canada, trade with Canada, um, as well as the United States rapidly becoming a major oil exporter. Now, given a bellicose U.S. president to the South, I asked a question a couple of days ago on Twitter. And the question was this. If Trump wins the White House and puts his American first policy in place, including ripping up NAFTA, maybe, which experts say is impossible, just as the Trump GOP nomination was impossible, is our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau the equal to a President Donald Trump in a stare-down face-to-face? All right? If it comes to a bellicose, I love that word, bellicose. If it comes to a bellicose Donald Trump, President of the United States, engaged in his America First policy, doesn't care about Canada, doesn't care if you like him or not, doesn't like NAFTA, do we have the man in the Prime Minister's office who is capable of engaging in a stare-down with Donald Trump? Now, the responses were interesting. I'll share them with you shortly, and I'll ask you... What, how you would answer that question. And if you say no, then who? But first, we're going to talk about something that's significantly important to us and part of this overall equation, and that is pipelines. Building pipelines. <sighs> pipelines. I know it irritates some people, 
but we need pipelines heading for the Pacific and Atlantic ports now in order to export our number one commodity, oil. Let's make the case. Kenneth P. Green is Senior Director of Natural Resource Studies at the Fraser Institute, the think tank, and co-author of a Fraser Institute report which argues pipeline construction must be expedited in Canada's best economic interest. In excess of $18 billion annually could be realized by Canada through oil exports featuring pipeline access to ports. There's a great deal more. Ken Green, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. My... uh, um, What's the most important? What's the most important question that you sought to answer with your report? What did you start with? Well, we wanted to put some um, <clears throat> numbers into what has been a, a generic equation or discussion of should we build pipelines or shouldn't we build pipelines? We wanted to figure out what we're losing because we're forced to sell into the glutted U.S. market and can't get our product into international markets, Canadian natural resources, oil. Uh, and so we, we estimated, we used a uh, few forecasts of demand and price and, and um, how much we could get to the, the port coasts through pipelines uh, to figure out what we're losing or what we stand to lose if we don't get these pipelines built. So what's our situation, Ken, now as far as being competitive with getting crude oil to market is concerned? Right now, we actually are not uh, very competitive. We, we almost virtually all of our oil, in fact, all of it, just about, uh, goes to the United States uh, into the Oklahoma center of the country where there, there's a giant glut of oil. Um, and some of it does reach the Gulf Coast refineries, but um, it, it's mostly consumed in the U.S. market. So we're getting 20 to 30 percent less per barrel of oil than we would if we could sell it to the higher price markets like Asia or Europe. So what does that mean to Canada, and what does that mean to Canadians as far as dollar numbers are concerned, as far as taking care of our social programs is concerned, as far as paying for our pension plans is concerned, as far as looking after ourselves and our health care is concerned? What does that mean to us when we break it down into the individually important aspects of Canadian life? Well, let's say we went ahead and did what was planned, and and we produced a million barrels of oil a day and sold that abroad. Our estimates are that that at $60 a barrel, which is not particularly high compared to what the forecasts are moving forward, but at $60 a barrel, we would take in $4 billion into the sector, which is the workers, the shareholders, the company workers, the supply chain workers, all of the people who are part of the equation of building a pipeline, producing oil, and moving it. Um, and there would be about a billion dollars just to governments from, uh, from royalties alone. That doesn't even include taxes uh, on all of those people I just mentioned on their profits and on their earnings. Now, in the uh, article you wrote in the Calgary Herald, I saw the number $18 billion annually, maybe more. Explain that, please. Well, if oil goes to $60 a barrel, of course, then it reaches $4.2 billion. Right. Um, I'd have to look to see where the 18 is. That's probably at $100 a barrel. Um, but, uh, if we, if, but if you were to take all of Canada's heavy oil and sell it at the world price, it would actually get an additional $28 billion a year with oil at $80 a barrel. So if we stopped selling to the Americans and sold it all overseas, we'd stand to make uh, $28 billion a year extra. At 28 a year, $28 billion a year, which could be the deficit that Mr. Trudeau eventually, or maybe not so far down the future, maybe this year, will wind up running. So we're talking about increased pipeline capacity 
And in the news have been the names Energy East, Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion, and the Northern Gateway Pipeline specifically. These have all been in the news. Uh, how badly, again, do we need these pipelines built? Well, we need them uh, We need them built if we're to realize the expanded um, economic growth that we have that we've been counting on, planning on, and forecasting budgets based on the idea that we're going to we were going to double the, the production of from the oil sands and sell that abroad. Uh, so without that, we have to find we have to find some other way to have comparable economic growth. Otherwise, we're going to be slugging along without without a significant source of growth. Um, so we need them badly. Uh, I think the the Energy East is the most. Um, has the best, very best logical case for it because Eastern Canada right now imports oil from other countries, right. from the United States, from Middle Eastern countries, from countries that are not democratic, from countries that do not have civil rights. It's insane. Countries that, that uh, are internationally bad actors when they could be using domestic Canadian oil, which is already, in a, in a, that there's already a surplus of. And so there seems to me to be no excuse to stand in the way of that particular pipeline and it, it's needed... Uh, on a moral basis immediately, and, and on a, a national basis in terms of national serving our own markets, uh, it's, needed, it's needed as well. The other two are needed because the, the, the biggest markets with the highest prices in the future are predicted to be the Asian markets, and you need to get to the Pacific um, to get there. Well, we have so, a prime minister who has not shown enthusiasm for the pipelines when he went to Washington and met with uh, the, uh, the, uh, the think tank in Washington. He never even mentioned the uh, the oil sands and the the significance of the oil sands to Canada. He talked about um, economic challenges and jobs being lost, but that's as far as he went. We have a prime minister who doesn't appear to be interested in pipelines, who in fact, I would argue, seems to be an enemy of building pipelines. Um, in your in your article in your in your research. You say the federal government has to get behind, not only has to get behind the pipelines, but has to push and push hard now. Well, you, yes. I mean, there is the, there, there's, uh, there's a question of whether or not uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's language on pipelines uh, matches the reality of what he believes, uh, and al- also whether pipelines are even vaguely compatible, uh, and expanding the oil sand production is even vaguely compatible with what he swore to do in Paris. And I think that's where the cha- that's where the problem is. He, what he swore to do in Paris really uh, actually rules out developing the oil sands further. They can't, they can't grow much beyond 2025 at all, uh, and that'll hit the the Alberta cap on oil on emissions. But even then, they may have to have to curtail production even earlier than that to meet his one and a half degree climate target that he agreed to in Paris. So. He's saying he understands the need for pipelines. He's saying he, that, that Canada wants them. He told his advisors to get, get one of them done. Um, but at the end of the day, he signed on to a target under which you can't actually develop that bitumen. You can't produce it. Right. So what, something's going to have to give. Either, either the target's going to give or oil sand production is going to give, but something has to give. And if the oil sands production gives, the quality of life in this country changes. The uh, the amount of money that we have annually changes because the money will lose billions of dollars annually. That's what we'll give if we don't have the pipelines, correct? Yes, that's right. Um, and oil production and export has been a major part of Canada's economic growth for many, many years, uh, and it, it was expected to continue. 
uh, without it, we will be leaving that money in the ground while other countries will still will supply the oil that we would have supplied anyway. Right. There's no question that countries are going to do without it. There's no way to trans- move transport goods, uh, to fly planes, drive cars, and so forth. And that's something that China and India and Africa and emerging countries uh, want to do on a par with the way we do it. So the oil is going to be produced around the world. The only question is whether we're just going to be on the sidelines watching. Yeah. Ken Green, thank you for the time. Thank you for the time. Good talking to you. Ken Green, a senior director of natural resource studies at the Fraser Institute. So the prime minister doesn't get off his anti-pipeline stance. We're going to lose billions of dollars every year. Billions. Billions of dollars every year. Our economy will hurt. Our Canadians will hurt. Your pensions will be affected, potentially. I mean, if the money's not coming in, what are we going to pay things with? Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And now add to that scenario a potential President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. All right? Add to that potential a President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., who doesn't give a damn about Canada. Well, it's a nice place to visit. Friendly people. Yeah, I kind of like them, but... America first. You heard him. America first. My question to you, a 888-225-8255, or 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400 is this. I'll start with this one. Is an incumbent on Prime Minister Trudeau to get behind building those pipelines? Yes or no? And then the question that I asked on Twitter, and I'm asking you again here, is is this one. Um, Is Justin Trudeau, is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the equal to a President Donald Trump in a stare down face-to-face and dealing with issues that affect Canada and Canadians? Is Prime Minister Trudeau the equal to to, uh, Donald Trump if Trump becomes president in a stare down on issues that affect this country, 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Answer one question or answer them both, and I'll share with you some of the responses that I've seen on Twitter over the last few days to that question. Give me a call right now. You listen to Green. green. You might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. So um, two questions here. You know, it drives me mad when 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 I when I read a report like the one from the Fraser Institute, and I know there are gonna be people who say, Well, it's a right wing, so we don't listen to them. Listen to them. When a report comes out that says we're gonna lose billions of dollars annually, billions of dollars annually, if we do not build and use the pipelines to get crude oil to international markets. This country will lose billions of dollars that we don't need to lose. It's the safest way to get oil to the terminals for the ships. It is the safest way. It's safer than trains and it's safer than trucks. The second question is, does Justin Trudeau have what it takes to stare down of President Trump, if Trump becomes President of the United States, 
You heard the uh, the determination in Trump's voice. Kathy sends uh, an email to, or no, it's a tweet to uh, at the Roy Green Show. Trudeau needs to support pipelines or just come out and say that Alberta and Saskatchewan mean nothing to him. Titan ad on Twitter, at the Roy Green Show. No, we need Kevin O'Leary. Triple eight two two five eight two five five. Ah, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred are my numbers. Let's talk to you guys about the pipelines and about whether or not Mr. Trudeau has what it takes to face down to stare down a Donald Trump. By the way, on Twitter, here are a couple of ones uh, that I received. A couple of tweets I received from Eric. Trudeau isn't even up to the task of a Canada First policy. Most strong leaders will dismiss him for the lightweight that he is. Uh, someone else whose name I can't say on air said Trudeau will probably wimp out like he did uh, telling Putin to his face. Uh, Chevy Moe, surely you're just at the Roy Green Show, LOL, but cannot wait to see it. Eastern or if you're talking a bl- blank staring, Trudeau wins outright. Alberta girl, um, uh, um, uh, oh, oh, no, although he'd probably ask for a selfie. And J-Rock 71, Donald Trump will school Justin Trudeau. There'll be no bromance with Trump. All right, so it goes on and on and on and on and on at the Roy Green Show. If it's not, if Trudeau can't do it, who can? Here's uh, Elizabeth in Whitby, Ontario. Hi, Elizabeth. Are you there? Well, let's talk to... How about Rob in Toronto? Let's go to Rob. Hi, Roy. Hey, Rob. Yeah, um, uh, in answer to your uh, first question, it's a no-brainer that we we need these uh, pipelines approved, and uh, it it should have been... uh, uh, it should be a number one priority for, for uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. I mean, can anyone tell me what would be more beneficial to the Canadian economy right now than getting the pipeline uh, to the East Coast or the, to the West Coast approved as well as the Keystone pipeline? Well, I mean, it's, it's just it's self-explanatory when billions of dollars are in play, billions of dollars annually are in play. There's no argument here. There's no, there really should be no discussion other than how do we do it in the most safe manner and then get behind it and get it done. Now, do you think that Justin Trudeau has what it takes to stare down Donald Trump uh, having one-on-one, observed- face-to-face? <laughs> Having observed both uh, Trudeau and, and uh, Donald Trump, uh, I, I think uh, Donald Trump is much tougher and much smarter uh, than uh, Justin Trudeau would be. And uh, uh, no, I think we we would uh, be in better hands if uh, Stephen Harper was still our prime minister in dealing with someone like Donald Trump. All right, thank you, Rob in Toronto. Triple eight two two five eight two five five are my numbers. Well, that's the uh, toll free. Triple eight two two five eight two five five and four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Build the pipelines, yes or no? Does Trudeau need to get behind that and push and get those pipelines built? And does he have what it takes as prime minister? Do you think to take on Donald Trump face to face? We'll come back. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Triple A two two five eight two five five Triple A two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred are my numbers and two questions. Number one question is: Do we need to get the prime minister of this country behind building pipelines? You heard Ken Green, Kenneth Green from the Fraser Institute, tell us it's going to cost billions of dollars annually if we don't have the pipeline pipelines in place and get the oil. 
to the international market. It's going to cost us billions of dollars. A lot of media in this country are not playing that up. Why? Because they're liberal media. I watched Donald Trump on Thursday night, and I thought, this guy is serious. And I know the elites are laughing, saying, oh, he'll never get elected. Now he's up against Hillary Clinton and the Democrat machine. He'll never get elected. He wasn't going to be the nominee either. He had 16 other Republicans with big names, like Bush, to compete against. And he beat them all. Because there's a populist movement underway. So my, my gut tells me that Donald Trump is going to win that election in November. We're going to be talking to Gloria Allred in a few minutes' time, famous U.S. lawyer who's also a delegate for Hillary Clinton at the Democratic Convention. Story starts tomorrow. But my gut tells me that Trump wins the election. Now we're going to have Donald Trump, President of the United States, in the White House with his America First policy. And he's already said he'll go after NAFTA. We're going to have to have a prime minister who can stand up against Donald Trump. Do you think Justin Trudeau is that prime minister? Some of the tweets, and and this speaks volumes. Huh? Or this is just, this is what people have have tweeted on this, on this question. Justin uh, Trudeau, Trump versus Trudeau, in business dealings is like a lion versus a kitten. That's from a political side of me. Is the name of that account on, on Twitter. What else do we have here? Um, okay, we have um, Robert. Trump would grind Trudeau into a fine powder and sprinkle him on the White House lawn. This is Canadian point of view of, of our prime minister. I thought he did pretty well when he was taking on Harper in the, uh, in the, in the debates, when he's taking on Stephen Harper. Uh, can he handle Donald Trump? I don't know. Um, A.H. Cross um, at A.H. Cross on Twitter, Trump will toy with this little fellow like he's out at recess. Trudeau's Canadian media bait will run mighty thin on this one. And uh, Timmy01, at Timmy01, the only task he's capable of is sending money out of the country and smoking joints. This is just what people are, email- are not emailing, but t- t- tweeting. There's a bunch of emails as well. This is going to be important, folks. It's going to be critically important to all of us. It will be critically important to all of us. Pipelines and Mr. Trudeau's ability to handle Mr. Trump. Let's find out what you're saying. Cam is in Toronto. Cam, what do you say? Hey, Roy, it's actually Dan. Um, First of all, I think uh, Trump is going to destroy little Justin, which is not good for us. And Trudeau blew it by already making negative remarks about Trump earlier in the primary campaign. So he's not politically savvy. He should have kept his mouth shut. And the other thing is, what does Trump have in common with somebody whose number one priority is legalizing dope and climate change? Not on uh, Trump's priorities. No, you're right. There's nothing there. And it's not going to be, you know, the, the somebody tweeted something about handshakes. Um, you know, when the three amigos meet, I said, I wrote back, it'll still be awkward. I mean, it was awkward this time. It'll be awkward for a different reason. And Trump is the ultimate negotiator. You know, he, he when he sits down at the table, if he wants to win, look at his success, he will win. We need a guy who can push back or a woman who can push back hard. Yeah, but Roy, the other thing is, what is uh, Justin going to do 
about Trump with the Syrian refugee issue. You know, he has a completely different viewpoint on that. And you're talking about another border. And I'm telling you, we're in for serious problems. And Justin just brought it all on himself. All right. Thank you, Ken. Oh, Dan, I appreciate your call from Toronto, triple eight two two five eight two five five. I know I say it too fast. Four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred. Gloria Allred coming up in a few minutes' time. She will be a delegate for Hillary Clinton. Big story now is that the fix was in for Hillary Clinton. You've seen that maybe. That uh, an email dump suggests that the leaders of the Democratic Party wanted Hillary in, and now Bernie Sanders and his supporters are going to be dealing with that at the convention. That could get kind of noisy. Uh, Brian is also in Toronto. What, what about it, Brian? Well, definitely we should have those pipelines. And uh, I could just see it now, the actor playing the role of prime minister, sitting across with Donald Trump, giving him old election promises, catchphrases, buzzwords, everything else, because that's all he does. And Trump looking back at it and thinking, what the hell are you talking about, boy? Among other things, you didn't notice, I don't have a problem with free trade with Canada. It's countries like Mexico and China i got a problem with. No, we need somebody to stand up, point that out, and everything else. Why do we have, look, is it just angry conservatives who are saying this? Is it just angry conservatives angry that the, the election was lost to the Liberals last October? Or is it pragmatic people who are saying, we don't think... The Justin Trudeau has what it takes to take take on a Donald Trump. If Hillary Clinton wins, it's going to be another love fest. No, it's just the same thing. It's all along I knew it. He it's like looking at Barack Obama, and Trudeau's the same thing. All talk, no action. All right, thank you, Brian in Toronto. Margaret is in beautiful Edmonton. Hi, Margaret. Yeah, it was called the oil capital of uh, Alberta and Canada. I wonder what Trudeau calls it. Uh, he's certainly anti-oil, anti-pipeline. Same thing with Notley. And wait till the carbon tax hits here in January. And I listened to Trump for over a year now. And Trump said he wanted fair trade NAFTA. Not just throw it out. He said he wanted a fair deal. And when we're taking our Canadian dollars and other dollars and sending it to the Middle East areas and paying them for Arab oil... And we have it right here in Canada. What is wrong with Trudeau and Norway? Well, you know what? This this oil has been coming from the Middle East by uh, ship, by tanker, and some of them don't look so good if you look at them. They don't look so safe. Uh, and, just just a sort of a visual cursory inspection. Um, but when we have, you're right, when all of the oil is in the ground in Alberta, why is why are the tankers coming from the Middle East to supply eastern Canada with oil? Why? 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 Our country to a foreign country, and Trudeau was very quick to send so much money to those Arab nations. Tell me something. If I were to put together a group of your friends at random, or people you know, not necessarily just your friends, but a group of people together at random, if I were to put them together and say, uh, do you have confidence in the Prime Minister? I want to know if this is an Alberta thing or if it's an all-Canada thing. If I were to say, do you have confidence in the Prime Minister of Canada, what would I hear? No. Uh, Trudeau has treated the West very bad. I think Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba should join together and let's put that pipeline through the through Churchill. I'm born in Quebec now, okay? Uh, but the way Quebec has been brainwashed about how horrible now, the I West. Don't really, I don't really want to bring Quebec into it because then we have to talk about uh, Denny Kader and 
and, and we really get off we really get off track. Thank you, Margaret, for the call. The mayor of Montreal follows me on Twitter, but he won't come on on the show, won't reply when we ask. Michelle Simpson, who sat in the Liberal Caucus with Mr. Kader, one of our Saturday beauties and beauties in the beast, contacted Mr. Uh, Mr. Trudeau and asked him to come on the show. Uh, Mr. Kader, and he wouldn't do it. I don't think he replied to uh, to Michelle even, even though they were seatmates. Seatmates in the Liberal Caucus, Larry, in High River, Alberta. Hey, Larry. Well, good afternoon, Roy. Thanks yes, for sir. taking my call. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, yeah, it's, it's this pipeline issue. Really, when you look at Trudeau and the people that are behind him, like uh, like uh, Jerry Butts, you know, Butts has has always been, you know, anti pipeline, anti oil sands, anti everything. Really, is it is it an Alberta thing? I mean, I understand if it is because you're sitting on the oil, right? And and it's a significant, it's a huge part. It's the most significant part of the provincial economy, and it's a massive part of our national economy. And we have a prime minister who's not doing anything really to get the pipelines built. He's just no, he's and not he, doing anything. And he never will support. Can that. he? Can he? Can he face up against uh, just uh, against uh, against Donald Trump? Oh, not at all. Not remotely. All right. Thank you, Larry. No. Thank you. Appreciate your call, sir. So there it is. No, 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 no. What uh, I mean, what got me was all the responses on um, on Twitter. Greg, who is one of our American listeners, is in Chicago, and he uh, participates regularly. Trump will not endanger the relations with Canada or Commonwealth countries. And then he writes, "I hope we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll come either come back to your calls, or we're going to be talking to Gloria Allred, who's supposed to be calling us from." Los Angeles. She's been a regular guest on this program and has never let us down. I don't suspect she will now. Um, she and I communicated by email earlier today, and uh, Gloria Allred, one of the most famous lawyers in the U.S., uh, she's prosecuting, um, well, not prosecuting, but she's um, got a case against Bill Cosby, as you've heard her say on the show. Uh, she's also a delegate to the Democratic Convention, which begins tomorrow, and she is a supporter, a delegate for Hillary Clinton. We'll come back. Stay with us.